0: Hello, and thank you all for attending today, whether in person or online. Today, I'm going to speak to you all about blessings and family and friends. Being blessed does not mean having a good job, a nice car, or a big house. While all these things are good, if we do not know God, they are worthless. Being blessed is to know God, and to have family and friends you can rely on, and that supports you. I am a stubborn person. I like to be very independent. And that often means that I end up struggling. One time that this affected me is when I realized, while sitting in math class, that one day, I was going to have to do harder math. Well, this was obvious, (laughs) I had always been focused on getting through class and just making it to the next period, and to the next day, and so on and so forth. I realized that as embarrassing as it was to ask for help, it would be much worse the longer I waited. I imagined not being able to comprehend what the teacher was saying while everybody else was so on, pay- on track. That's when I started asking questions and getting the help I needed, even when I was sure I was right. I am often still confused in math class, and more recently chemistry, but now I know when to reach out for help. On a ha- on a On another note, recently, I went to Virginia Beach with my grandparents, two of my aunts, my dad, stepmom, and two siblings. We had gone out, me, my sister, and my stepmom had gone out for groceries, and we came back, and we parked in the hotel parking garage, which was about two blocks away from the hotel. When my stepmom stopped the car and popped the trunk to get groceries, me and my sister raced to the trunk to grab the groceries before she could grab any. We then proceeded to walk the entire two blocks with the with probably heaviest amount of groceries I had ever carried in my life, while she begged to take at least one bag. We, of course, refused and just. Dis- And when we got back to the hotel and finally dropped the bags, we had red indents in our arms that stayed there for a good five minutes. One thing that can make us feel less close to our family and friends is social media. In my personal experience, the more videos I watch, the more I want, and the the less time I'm spending with my family and friends. The, The excess of dopamine released shortens your attention span, and makes you focus less on school and work. The more time I notice myself spending on social media, the less schoolwork I get done. This leads me to feeling more stress, which prompts me to return to social media to get away from that stress. It's a downward spiral. What's more, according to Forbes, the number of social media users worldwide has swelled to a record 4.9 billion people globally. This is over half of the population. What's more, this number is expected to jump to approximately 5.85 billion by users by 2027, and each social media user averages six to seven platforms. The National Institute of Health has linked social isolation and loneliness to higher risks of high blood pressure, heart disease, obesity, weakened immune systems, anxiety, depression, cognitive decline, Alzheimer's disease, and even death. The CDC links it to an increase of dementia by 50%, heart disease by 29%, and stroke by 32%. I'm now going to read you 2 uh, Second Samuel, Second Samuel chapter 9. David asked, is there anyone left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba at your service, he replied. The king asked, Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame lame in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, He is at the house of Maker, son of Emiel in Lodibar. So King David had brought him from Lodibar, from the house of Maker, son of Emiel. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him. For I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I've given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson will be fretted for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord, the king, commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah, and all of the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table and was lame in both feet. I'm now going to read you, well, let me f- rephrase that. In Firehouse, the last series we did was called Table of Context, which made us think more about the Bible stories and their background. So now I'm going to read you First Samuel chapter 20, verse 23 to 42. Why should he be put to death? What has he done, Jonathan asked his father. But Saul hurled his spear at him to kill him. Then Jonathan knew his father intended to kill David. Jonathan got up from the table in fierce anger, and on that second day of the month, he did not eat because he was grieved at his father's shameful treatment of David. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the field for his meeting with David. He had a small boy with him. And he said to that boy, Run and find the arrows I shoot. As the boy ran, an arrow shot behind him, beyond him, and when the boy came to the place where Jonathan's arrow had fallen, Jonathan called out after him, isn't this the arrow beyond you? Then he shouted, hurry, go quickly, don't stop. The boy picked up the arrow and returned it, and returned to his master. The boy knew nothing of this, only Jonathan and David knew. Then Jonathan gave his weapons to the boy and said, go, carry them back to town. After the boy had gone, Jonathan got up from the south side of the stone and bowed down before Jonathan three times with his face to the ground. Then they kissed each other and wept, but David wept the most. Jonathan said to him, go in peace for what we have, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, the Lord is witness between you and me and between your descendants and my descendants forever. Then David left, and Jonathan went back to the town. This shows us how important family and friends are and how strong Jonathan and David's relationship was, that Jonathan was willing to betray Saul, his father, the king, to protect David and so that he could live. This shows us how we need people to be vulnerable with and how, God, and, that, and how God's blessings bring us all together. We need people in our lives to, to love and share out and live God's blessing with. We need people in our lives who we can share our faults with. As you, can, as you continue to communion, think about what this passage means and where you can find blessings in your day-to-day life. Thank you.